Let's take our Bibles and put a marker in Judges chapter 6, if you will. Judges 6, we're going to go there in a bit, Uh, but we'll start in Hebrews 11. We've been looking at lessons of faith. Uh, The last time I taught, which would have been three weeks ago, uh, we we started on the life of Gideon, and we're going to do a second half to that this morning. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, of course, verses 1 through 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We've been talking about how that the, the life of a believer is just from faith to faith, just steps of faith. And for me, the most encouraging thing about this chapter, as we've studied it, is that these people that God highlighted as his examples of believers who have faith. I'm not talking about saving faith. I'm talking about living faith, active faith. Some of us would not have included them on the list. But God saw in their lives faith that sometimes we don't see. And he often highlights in this story, or in this chapter, parts of their life that he called faith that you and I would have called doubt. And we're going to look at one of those this morning in the life of, of Gideon. Uh, let's look down to verse number 32. We'll not read the whole passage as we have in previous weeks as we, we get to that part. And what shall I more say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets. We saw in the previous verses in Hebrews 11... All these different people that God would sometimes list multiple verses about them and tell us a lot about them. Noah and, I'm sorry, I mean, uh, um, yeah, Noah. And we talked about uh, Abraham. There's a whole big portion about Abraham. And Moses, man, talks about uh, a lot about Moses. Um, but then you get to this one verse, as we've looked at a few weeks ago. He lists seven people by name and then entire group, uh, an entire group of people, the prophets. And uh, he lists several of the judges of Israel, a king, David, and, uh, and Samuel. And uh, we looked at a few weeks ago how that, the, that this book, uh, that the, this story about the judges that he's mentioning here with Gideon uh, was that time just following Joshua and what the nation of Israel was going through. And we looked a little bit into the life of Gideon. Let's pray and then we'll get into the lesson. Father, help us this morning as we look again into Hebrews 11. And then we go back into Judges and examine the life of your servant Gideon. And may we understand that those believers in the Bible were just like us. They have the same frailties. They have the same difficulties. They face the same challenges. And yet they conquered and had victory in their life because of the faith they had in you. Help us to grow in our faith today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you go ahead and turn back to the book of Judges. Um, Judges chapter 6, we read uh, two weeks ago about, Judge, about uh, Gideon and how that God found him when the, the nation of Israel was being attacked by the Midianites. And uh, we saw that uh, from Judges 6 and verse 11, we find him hiding in a wine press while he's threshing wheat. And uh, we see at that moment God comes to him and, and calls him a mighty man of valor in verse number 12. In that moment, in verse number 11, he was not a mighty man of valor, but God saw what he would be. And, and so we see here about Gideon, we've seen that he was fearful. Uh, we see that again in chapter 7. 
that he was fearful. He was afraid to go down and spy out the Midianites after God had already promised victory. He, just, he was fearful. Uh, we saw in, in Judges 6 and verse 15 that he was humble. Uh, he said, uh, when, uh, mo- here, uh, Gideon responds back to God after God calls him a man of valor. He said, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my, fa- my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. We saw he was a very humble man. We saw that he was spirit-filled in verse number 34. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And it's one thing to note about Gideon, he did nothing in his own power. And we, we see that about some of the others as well. Samson, the, you know, that, that, that's mentioned also in Hebrews 11. Uh, Samson, we always think of him as this big strong man. I don't think he looked like a bodybuilder. Because it was the power of God that caused him to do what he did. And uh, we look too much on the human element of it. Gideon did nothing in the strength of his own flesh. Paul said, I know that in, that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. It'd be good for us to remember that. Amen. And then the last thing we, that we looked at about Gideon, he needed encouragement. Judges 7, this man, Fura, his servant, was an encourager to him. And, uh, and so uh, the lessons that we learned so far from Gideon is life is choosing to believe God rather than living in fear. Faith causes you to be humble. When you realize the greatness of God and that he has no limits to what he can do, and then when you just trust him, you find out what faith is all about. Faith comes from being filled with God's spirit. I love Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then faith is allowing others to encourage you to believe God. Uh, we looked at Hebrews 10.24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. But now I want you to, as we look again at at the life of Gideon. Let's go there to Judges chapter number 6. I want us to see something else about him. We had seen here uh, the character of the leader. Now we're going to look at the doubts of the leader. You say, wait a minute, this is a man of faith. He is. But Gideon was also a man of great doubt. Let's look at there in in Judges chapter number 6. And let's see, we'll pick up in verse number 13. We'll start there. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? You ever been there? God, if you're, if you're with us, if you're helping us, how come we're in the mess we're in? Amen? Well, in, in Israel's case at that time, it was because of their sin as a nation. It, the, the idolatry and all of that. Um, and he says, And where be all his miracles? which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said to him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with thee, And thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened bread, 
uh, I'm sorry, unlimited cakes of an ephod of, of flour. The flesh he put in a basket and he put the uh, broth in a pot and he brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto you, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom unto this day as it is yet in in Ophrah of the Abizarites. So here we see... uh, the doubt of the leader. Gideon, we all know about the fleece. But that's not the first time he asked for a sign. He brings him, uh, you know, God tells him he's going to use him and he, 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 he decides he's going to put together this gift to bring him. And I just want to say this before we get into the details of that. How often do we see in Gideon's life that he's, he's told by God, I'm going to do something with you. Gideon says, I can't. God says, it doesn't matter what you can do. I'm going to use you, and I'm going to deliver Israel by your hand. But how many times does Gideon just keep trusting his flesh? You know, it's a real easy place for us to get to. Uh, that that we, we think it's all about what we, we can do. I love in Mark 9, verse 24, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Think about that verse. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Here's a man, he needed his, his, his child healed and said, Lord, I believe you, I think. You ever been there? There he was. That's Gideon. Um, he, he, he was a man that God says, a man of faith, yet constantly looked at his flesh. And point number one is this, he doubted his ability. Uh, before uh, he asked God there, would you show me a sign? And before he does that, he says, let me bring you a, a present. So he goes to get uh, some things to cook. He brings uh, some broth to put in, in the pot. He brings the flesh. He brings the, uh, the unleavened bread, and he puts it all out there. And, and, and he had, uh, the fire ends up consuming the flesh and the cakes. But he had prepared all that himself. He said, now show me something. Gideon had heard what God had done for Israel in the past. In verse number 13, he said, but where be all the miracles? You ever been there? God did this for somebody else. Uh, as a preacher, sometimes you're, you're, you're pastor of church and maybe things aren't going the way you, you, you know, that you want them to and you don't have any great victories to brag about. You didn't have a big day last Sunday and you had a down crowd. People were gone on vacation. I hate summertime as a pastor, by the way. I just I hate it. Um, the term north, I think, is a curse word. You know, I, just, I hate it. In West Virginia, it was always, we're going to go to Grandma's. We had a Grandma Sunday in our bus one Sunday, in our bus routes. Everybody's going to Grandma's. Said, There'll be a Grandma on the bus. You don't have to go anywhere. Just get on the bus. Grandma will be there. And uh, just, you know. But you go to these preachers' conferences, and everybody's bragging about what has happened at their church. And you're like, okay, we didn't break any attendance records this year, and we haven't seen anybody baptized in a while, and offerings are down. And, but guess what? God's still the same. It's a season you're going through, and... There were times in the life of, the, uh, of Jesus here on earth that people didn't believe his preaching. He had to leave some entire towns because they had 
no, no faith. They wouldn't accept him, so he left. Here, he doubts, Gideon doubts his abilities, and I can't do this, uh, but he wanted to see God's greatness. Where are all the miracles? I want to see some of that. Gideon wanted a sign to prove that God has, had spoken. And look at verse 17, and he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, show me a sign that thou talkest with me. And let me just say this. I may forget to say it later on in the lesson because we're going to get into the fleeces and all that. I've heard a lot of sermons tearing Gideon apart for the fleeces. God never rebuked him for it. God never said, you should not have asked me that. He didn't. Here he said, God, I want a sign. God just gave him one. Aren't you glad you have a God that he, he sees your weakness, he sees your doubt, and does something to encourage you in that doubt? What a great God we serve. And, and, and it's what God had done for, for, for Joshua. You know, Joshua was there when God parted the Red Sea and they walked through on dry ground. He was right there with Moses. But it was Joshua who got to the Jordan River. And he needed to get across the body of water. And there was no bridge and no Army Corps of Engineers to build one. So what God did, God did what he had done for somebody before. That ought to encourage you. That the God you and I serve today is the same one that caused Noah to build an ark. To avoid the flood. He's the same God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same one that provided the manna. What an amazing God we serve. We see over and over again that happens. We saw in Elijah where he and, he and Elisha had come to this, this, uh, the river and God parts it and, and, uh, and they go across and then God takes Elijah to heaven. Elisha's standing there on the other side and catches the mantle. Can you imagine this one? And the sons of the prophets are watching. Like, ah, oh, let's see what he's going to do. How's he going to get back across? And he takes that, that uh, uh, mantle, the coat that he had gotten from Elijah. He wraps it out and he just, you know, smacks the water and God parts it. Can you imagine those, those boys, the sons of the prophets? Whoa, the same powers with him. Look out. Maybe they should have remembered that when they talked about his bald head. But anyway, you ever wonder why Gideon needed a sign? My first thought, it was God who came and spoke to him. Maybe he was unaccustomed to hearing the voice of God. As I was reading that, I was thinking about Samuel as a little boy in the temple with Eli. And he hears a voice in the middle of the night, Samuel, Samuel. He runs to Eli. Yeah, you called me? No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Over and over, about the third time, like, I think Samuel says, maybe that's the Lord. He says, speak, Lord, thy servant here. He wasn't used to that yet. That may be where Gideon was. That may be where you are in your Christian life, that God now is speaking to you directly in a way he'd never done that before. It's okay to doubt a little bit. It's okay to say, God, is, is that you speaking? Uh, we did see, why did he, he need to sign? He did have a tendency to rely on the flesh. So where did he get that? Look at verse 11. We've read this. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, uh, which is in Obron that pertaineth unto Joash with uh, the, the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat in a, by the winepress to hide from the Midianites. So we got him in there. He's, he's threshing wheat down in a pit. That's not where you do that. We talked about that before. Um, you say, well, how's that the tendency to rely on the flesh? They needed the bread. They needed the grain. 
And he said, I can't do it out in the open. I'll die. So I'm just going to figure out a way to make it happen. You ever been there? How many of us are like that? That we need something done, and rather than wait on God to show us how to do it, we just, I'll do it. Have you ever been there? That's what happened to to Sarah and Abraham. Well, God didn't give me a a child yet, Abraham. So Sarah says, why don't you go into my handmaid? We'll make this happen. We're still paying for that decision. So we have a tendency to try to figure it out on our own. But here's some things about him. God still calls him a great man of faith. He calls him a man of valor. He was fearful, but he was unwilling to be defeated. I love that about Gideon. He couldn't do much, but he could try to take care of his family. So that's what he did. He did what he could. Tenacity is a good trait, by the way. Amen. Uh, Sometimes it will cause us, though, to rely on our flesh rather than to wait on God. He had a tendency to rely on his flesh. We need to be reminded in Zechariah 4, verse 6, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's God that's going to work, and we need to let him do that. In, in this chapter here in Judges 6, he makes the present. He prepares the goat for cooking, and he's got everything ready. And the angel of God appeared as a traveler to him, and he, 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 Gideon lays that meal out before him, and then... That, that angel of the Lord that he doesn't know is the angel yet, uh, he takes his staff and just touches the meat and burns it up. You ever notice any time, of course the angel of the Lord here, that's a pre-incarnate uh, picture of Jesus. Jesus showed up. You ever notice any time Jesus around food, he's cooking it with fire? Fellas, that's a good reason to have a grill. Amen. That's <laughs> just, it's Bible. But the fire, it consumes the meat, the cakes, the broth. And here's what God was saying, Gideon, I don't need what you can provide. I don't need your meal, I don't need your meat, I don't need your broth, I don't need your bread. I can handle this. Gideon, it's me that's going to do this, not you. Gideon did not need human strength, he needed divine power. So God was revealing that to him. We see this in the life of Paul when it said Corinthians chapter 12 and beginning of verse 7 through verse 10, where Paul says, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. God had to teach Paul, Paul, yeah, you've got all the experience. You are the most, most biblically qualified man ever to be an apostle. I mean, think about it. He was trained as a Pharisee. He was the son of a Pharisee. He was their star student. And God said, none of that matters. He had to take him to the backside of the desert and unteach him everything the Pharisees taught him. And then God gave him an amazing revelation. And then Paul, by his own testimony there in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh. Paul also had a tendency to trust what he could do. Man, God has given me all this. I know something. Let me tell you. God said, just wait a minute. I'm going to humble you right there. 
It's so easy for us to trust our flesh. I love what it says in Judges 6.34, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. He had, he had uh, this, this problem that he doubted his ability, but here's the real problem. Go to verse 25. There in Judges 6. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, and take the second bullock of the seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal uh, that thy, thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of, his, of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock, and offer burnt offering with wood of the grove that thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And it was so because he feared his father's house and the men of the city that he could not do it by day, that he went by night. You see the fear is still there. God tells him, tear this altar down, destroy it, and offer a sacrifice. Well, he does it in the middle of the night. Great man of valor. And when the men of the city, verse 28, rose up early in the, uh, early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut, was cut down, that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who had done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath cut, cut down the altar of Baal, because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that um, will plead for him, let him be put to death whilst it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because no one hath cast down because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore that day he called him Jerubbabel, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of, Eli, uh, of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. And so we see he does all of this, and now verse number 35, and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and also all that were gathered after him. And, uh, and he sent messengers unto Asher, and to Zebulon, and to Naphtali, and they came to meet him. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, it shall be, and it shall be dry on the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morning, and he thrust the, uh, the, the fleece together and wringed up uh, dew out of the fleece, a, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me, uh, let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let it be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Now think about this. He doubted his ability, but now he's doubting the word of God. Several times God had said, I will deliver the Midianites into your hand as one man. But he doubts. He said, I can't do that. Now he's doubting that God can do that. So, okay, God, if you're really going to do that, he lays out this fleece, a big piece of wool, and lays it out there and said, God, here's what I want you to do. In the morning, I want the dew to be on the, the fleece. I want it to be wet, but the ground dry. So he gets up the next morning. That's exactly what God did. He answered it. He gets out. He wrings out that, that cloth, and he gets a bowl full of water. 
You think about that, that wouldn't really be all that unusual. You got woolly fleece, just a bunch of wool. It's going to soak up water. The sun may have dried off everything else. I think maybe that's what he's thinking. Okay, God, uh, that was good, but I think I can explain that. I want you to do it the other way around tomorrow. Don't get mad at me, just do that. And so God does. Think about this. God had called him. God had given him a sign to prove that God was with him. He burned up the, 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 the meal, yet he still doubted. And God tells him again, I'm going to deliver you. He asked God to do the impossible, so God does it. And he got the sign. You know, that's the way the flesh is. We always look for a sign rather than taking what God said. Gideon was still living by sight, not by faith. We looked at the first few weeks ago, Psalm 27, 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So he doubted the word of God. And then when we saw the second place, okay, God did what he asked. God performed it. Now, not only did he doubt himself, his ability, not only did he doubt God, he doubted the miraculous. God had just done a miracle with the fleece. He asked him to do it again, and, he, and God does it again. He didn't believe the miracle. God did what he asked. It was a miracle, yet he didn't believe. Why? He was still living by sight. At some point, no matter what God's done for you in the past, you've got to step forward by faith. If God was going to use him to defeat the Midianites, it wasn't going to be, as we saw later, the size of his army. He had 32,000, ends up with 300, and, and, and they don't even have a sword when they're in battle. You ever think about that? They had a trumpet, a pitcher to cover the, the torch. That was it. Great battle plan. How did he get there? He had to learn to step back beyond his doubt. And let me just say this. If we do not accept God's word, we won't accept a wonder, a miracle. Jesus even said that in Luke 16. We know the story of the rich man and Lazarus, that the rich man goes to hell and Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom or paradise. And, and, uh, and finally, the, the rich man says, I want you to, uh, first of all, you know, send Lazarus to me, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. He said, that won't happen. He can't come there and you can't come there. That's how we know nobody went to heaven, came back. Nobody that went to hell, came back. I don't care what their books say. I don't care what their movie says. Just take the Bible, amen? And then the rich man said this, Luke 16, 31. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. They see a miracle, they won't believe. you imagine Jesus walking around every day performing miracles, yet Israel still did not believe? Take your Bibles quickly, go to 2 Peter. We've got to go very quickly. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1. We're talking about how that he doubted the word of God. We always want something in addition to the Bible to prove something. And anything in addition to what God says is sight, not faith. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him on the holy mount. What's Peter talking about? The day they were on top of the mountain with the... the um, uh, the transfiguration, where they saw Jesus in his Shekinah glory. They were there. 
They were there when God the Father spoke to them about His Son. This is my beloved Son. So we were there. But I want you to notice verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. He said, I have something better than being on a mountain with Jesus in His glory and hearing the Father speak with His own voice. I've got something better than that. What is it? We have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What's Peter saying? You don't need a voice when you have a verse. He was saying we have something better. Now think about it. You and I would all love to have been on Mount Transfiguration, see Jesus when the Shekinah glory broke through the prison bars of his flesh and heard the Father speak. We'd have said, man, that was good to be there. That's what Peter said. It's been good for us to be here. Duh. <laughs> then what did Jesus do? Send him back down the mountain to go win people? We all want that supernatural, spectacular event. And Peter reminds us that we have something better than that. We have a Bible. The problem with the charismaniacs is they trust what, everything they believe or what they feel instead of what God said. We don't need miracles and wonders and signs. We just need His Word. He doubted His ability. He doubted the Word of God. He doubted the miraculous. But last of all, He needed encouragement. We talked about that two weeks ago. Where this man Fura came and encouraged him. Look there in Judges 7. I'll read a couple of verses and I'll make an application. We'll be out of here in about a minute. All right, Just, just stay with me. He tells him in verse 9 uh, to go down to the host. He says, verse 10, if you fear to go down, go with Fura. He did. Verse number 11, and thou shalt hear what they say. So he goes down and he's going to hear what the men say. Verse number um, Verse number 13, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of the Midian, and it came into a tent, and it smote it that fell along and overturned it, that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for in his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And when it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream, the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned to the host of Israel, and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Gideon had heard the word of the Lord. He had seen the angel of God, Jesus. He had seen the miraculous. He asked God for the impossible. God had answered all of that. Yet, he still needed an encouragement from Fura, And he needed encouragement from hearing the Midianites talking. We're in trouble. Gideon's here and God's hand is on him. Here's the lessons of faith. God will use us even... If we're fearful, God will use us even if we're prone to doubt. God will use us even if we have a tendency to rely on our flesh. Aren't you glad God doesn't fire us first time we trust in our flesh? He will use us even when we question Him. And He uses us when we need to be encouraged. When I look at the life of Gideon, I think if God can use Him, Maybe he can use me. Amen. I think that's why God listed Gideon as these men. By the way, after he heard that testimony down in the, the host of the Midianites, you don't see Gideon doubting again. He's just going forward. All right, let's get this done. And he moves Israel to do that. 
Uh, what an encouragement. God can use us no matter where we are, no matter our doubts, our faith. Just keep trusting him from faith to faith. So I don't have enough faith for that tomorrow. We'll just do faith for today. And God will help us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these wonderful examples. Thank you for your servant Gideon and how you used him, even though by human standards he was weak, he was doubtful, he feared, yet he did learn to trust you. May we, like him, learn to trust you. For it's in Jesus that we pray. Amen.